Welcome back, back to Young Money Mindset, hosted by Luke Caricia and Robbie Holdcross. From, from the ground up, where we talk about mindset, real estate, the hustle, and everything to help you achieve your dreams. shoot the shit and then let's jump into it cool we um sorry <laughs> in your ear sorry <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. all right guys welcome back to young money mindset super super excited to have dylan schwarm here on the podcast with us appreciate you coming in today yeah. brother yeah thanks for having me guys absolutely man super stoked Let's kick it off. Well, Dylan's got a $10 million listing right now in Paradise Valley. So he's a luxury real estate agent. He was uh, formerly the uh, was a formerly the director of operations. Manufacturing. Manufacturing. Yeah, okay. yeah. So formerly uh, director of manufacturing at Dutch Brothers Coffee. Made the transition into real estate. Now he's a luxury real estate agent. He's got a $10 million listing, a $3.4 million listing, and a $1.8 million listing. So absolutely killing it out there. And uh, let's jump right into it, man. So let me kind of like walk me through like your success. I know it's been a journey. We originally met, I want to say about a year and a half ago on a panel we did together. So kind of walk me through your transition into getting into real estate and then we can kind of unpack it from there. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I I had never done anything like real estate before. I was, like you said, I was working for Dutch Bros Coffee out in Oregon. Um, Their corporate headquarters out there, small little town, uh, about 30 miles from where I grew up. And I was in the apparel industry, um, screen printing, um, sourcing stuff overseas in China and things like that. Um, and Dutch Bros was actually one of our clients. And we had several, you know, construction workers and, you know, all these random little businesses that we were screen printing for. But Dutch Bros was kind of our, our bread and butter. And we had a really good working relationship with them. And we got to the point where they were like, hey, man, we, we want to do this in-house. So my buddy owned the company and um, I was kind of running operations for him. And they decided they wanted to bring all the apparel in-house. And um, through months of negotiating and working things out, they ended up acquiring our whole warehouse, you know, of screen printing, manufacturing, sourcing, all that stuff. So pretty cool transition. I went from, you know, kid that had dropped out of school to work with my buddy's clothing line and then transitioned in from the clothing line into the screen printing world and you know manufacturing sourcing but then all of a sudden i'm a director at a corporate company that like once i got there i realized how many people were trying to work for this company and you know i grew up dutch bros was hometown company and they were awesome but i didn't ever like think much of it because it was just always there and um, all of a sudden i'm a director overseeing a whole team um, working with all the franchisees corporate wide and helping them with all their apparel needs. So at the time there was 15,000 employees. Um, and I think since I've left like four years ago now, it's like tripled, like it's it's blown up. I left, there was 300 stands. I think there's like coming up on 800, like seven something right now. So um, the amount of employees they have is crazy. And most people don't realize it, but when you pull up to a Dutch Bros stand, like they're always wearing Dutch Bros clothes. Oh yeah. And um, Dutch Bros provided one garment a month to every employee in the company. And then on top of that, franchisees had the option to buy custom goods for their for their employees and kind of just hook them up with cool, cool gear. So I was that relationship from franchisee to apparel and, you know, getting them, working with the art team and things like that to get them all the goods that, um, you know, abided by the, the guidelines for art and, you know, making sure that everything was, you know, approved through corporate and things like that but we were basically a small little entity separate from dutch bros but all sitting under the dutch bros umbrella so it was super cool um got to travel a lot with them they had private planes got to you know do some cool trips go on to like concerts and sporting events got to know the owners really well and you know they became awesome people awesome friends and family of you know of ours and um yeah so through all throughout all that, I, I met my now wife, who was a news anchor, in uh, in my hometown. She had moved out, never been to Oregon in her life, and uh, took a job 
sight unseen. Well, she flew out with her dad, I guess. They kind of checked out the area to see if they liked it or whatnot, and she was like, cool. She had the opportunity to be the, the morning news anchor. Um, and so I had seen her a couple times on TV. And no way. So you're like, you I, want, you're like TV, I want that one. You're like, hey. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Might have lurked a little bit on social. And, um, it, at the time, we hadn't quite made the transition from Dutch or from – Guru Inc., which was our like kind of screen printing marketing agency, over to Dutch Bros. And me and uh, my buddy who owned the company, we were actually in line at a Dutch Bros. And back in Oregon, they're a lot smaller than they are out here. So they actually have traffic on both sides, like cars can pull up on both sides. Um, and so we were in one side, one lane. She was like four cars back in the opposite lane. So we're like facing each other. And she's in a news car. She'd just come from a story. And uh, I'm like, yo, bro, like, that's that chick I was telling you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so back then they didn't even have a POS system. So I was just like, hey, can you can I just charge my card and I buy her drink? And so they just like, I don't even know how they do it. They just charge you, I guess, for like five bucks or ten, <laughs> 10 bucks or something oh, yeah. like that. Like, you know, she's good. So she got up there and um, they're like, oh, like the guys at Guru bought your drink. And um, she was like, oh, cool, thanks. Like she had just come from some like, murder scene she was like kind of down and she was like super stoked like oh my gosh like coffee that's all you know whatever so um we uh go our separate ways and you know it's been a few weeks and uh out at the bars one night and uh she's out with the crew and i was with some mutual friends that were kind of all in the same group and uh I went up to her up to the bar. I was like, hey, what's up? <laughs> My name's Dylan. <laughs> I was like, I was the one that bought you that drink. And she was like, oh, thanks, cool. And she turned around back with her friends and just, like, started talking at the bar. I was like, no, nah, I'm, like, not giving this guy a time yeah. of day. She says the story is a little bit different. But um, long story short, we kind of started hanging out with the same group of friends. And um, the, the crew that I was hanging out with were, like, all employees of the news station. So um, small town, you don't see a lot of, like, good-looking professionals just like randomly out of nowhere like there's no draw to <laughs> the small town that we're in other than like maybe a few jobs so I was just kind of like what where who are all these people that I keep seeing out of the bars anyways we uh just kind of kept seeing each other over and over again and finally one night um I'll uh I'll just say we ended up connecting got her phone number and uh from there we uh so, yeah, got three kids now <laughs> yeah so that's super cool man and yeah. what um so when did all that happen how many years ago was that yeah so back in like 2016 is when um the merger from dutch to or from guru to dutch happened and that's like right about when we met um maybe two three months later so we met in 2016 we dated for about two 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 and a half years we got married in 2018 and uh awesome wedding down in um she so my wife she's originally from southern california spent about half her life in tucson for her dad's job um had brought them out there and then back to california so we went down south did it in southern california and downtown la nice um got friends and family everyone came down it was super fun um just downtown la is like i mean it's just a bunch of buildings right like so it's like everyone was at the same hotel um everyone's hanging out for a few days and we just had a blast um so that was 2018 and I cut out a lot of (laughs) dating all the way to marriage but basically when when I met my wife you know she was like hey I think you're cool I like you we've been hanging out for a while like what are we doing here um are we dating (laughs) you know I was like what yeah what are we so um it, it really came down to like she was like hey I like you a lot but I'm not trying to live in Medford, <laughs> little small town, you know, like coming from Southern California. She uh, comes from a lot of like culture and diversity in her family. And we're in this small little town with none of that. Nothing's going on. It's like, this isn't where I see myself like raising a family and doing life. So I was like, yeah, like I'm down to, to make a move if we're still in a good position and, you know, dating. And, you know, we we feel like we're, we're ready to make that move together as, you know, as a couple. So we end up uh, getting married, you know, agreeing, like, yeah, like, I'm down. So um, 
I think her fear was like she knew that that's where I grew up. That's where I had all my my you know good core group of friends. But uh, all my family had moved up north to Portland, about four and a half hours away. So I kind of was in a spot where like, yeah, I got this cool job. I love what I do, um, but I was more fixated on a family and you know figuring out another life situation, work, yeah. whatever you know you know not being too stuck on on just that one job. So um, we get married. And, you know, within a few months, we're, we're expecting our first baby. And we're kind of like, what are we doing? Wasted do? no time, huh? Yeah, no, no, wasted no time. We were, you know, a little bit quicker than we, were, than we thought originally. But, no, it was, it was all perfect. It, it was meant to be. And um, we, you know, so baby's coming. I'm working for Dutch still. She's, she had just left news and started doing PR for a, another company. Just news is a a brutal grind of especially the morning show you're up at two two three in the morning to get to the station get ready and she was like we just didn't want that for like a family, a family. yeah it's like yeah, you know it's, it's grueling yeah totally so she um she's she's ready to to get out and i think she's like scared to tell me like what are we doing here you know and we're like we're starting to look to buy homes and, and you know finally i come home from work one day and she's like we, yeah. Why are we looking to buy a house? Like we, yeah. we're not staying here. Yeah. And I, you know, I was like, I, yeah, like hit me too, you know. And so, I'm like scrambling. Like, what do I? What am I gonna do? I don't have a college degree. I, I love what I do. I'm in the apparel industry, um, but we knew we wanted to stay on the West Coast. Um, her family's in Southern California. Mine are in Oregon. We didn't like. We just we're just West Coasties. Like, like that's just how we were gonna make the move. It's gonna be somewhere. You know, California, Arizona was really <laughs> our two options. Maybe Texas it was like the furthest we were gonna go. And uh, she had spent a lot of time in in um, Tucson, and her family would always come up to Arizona for, or sorry, up to Scottsdale for um, baseball games, basketball games, things like that. Little weekend staycations. So um, we basically just picked that we were moving to Phoenix, and we're like, we just we gotta figure it. Yeah. Let's yeah. figure it out. She's like two months pregnant now. I'm like, I'm on like whatever website trying to figure out like what can I do for work you know that I could afford rent she's going to be at home like my goal is to keep her at home as long as possible before having to go back to whatever she's going to do and ideally hopefully she doesn't have to you know we really wanted her to just be able to raise the kids and so um we end up picking Arizona I can't figure out what I want to do and real estate was just kind of always on my mind I was like I like you know, like I, I, I see these people making money. I see yeah. like, you don't have to have a college degree. I'm like, things are kind of, you know, my mind's spinning. And finally, one day, I'm like, doing all this research on it. I'm like, babe, I'm, I'm gonna go out to Arizona, use my vacation time, and I'm gonna do this nine day crash course. And it was before COVID, so you had to do your schooling in in, in, in a classroom, yeah. in a person. So I'm, you know, I'm in Oregon. I'm like, I, I, I have two weeks of vacation time, and uh, I. I, t- I tell her this is what I'm going to do, and she's, you know, at this point, she doesn't care what I'm going to do as long as I'm taking some sort it. of action. Yeah. She's like, let's go. So um, I let my work know. They were they were just, Dutch Bros was such an awesome company to work for. I wanted to be transparent with them. I'm like, what I was doing, I'm going to go take a vacation by myself. Yeah. Like, what, what's <laughs> yeah, going on, you know? So it's like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were super supportive. They're like, take as much, you know, take more time if you need it. We'll work with you. Come back and work as long as you need to to get ready to make that move, like your position here with us is good until you let us know. It's crazy that a job would really give you that opportunity to be like, hey, I know you're leaving, but as long as much time as you need here, you got it. Totally. That's rare. Yeah, like like super rare. And that's like even just reassured that like, you know, I was working for such an amazing company that like like I did the right thing by letting them know because they just reciprocated it right back. Yeah, that's amazing. Mutual respect. Totally. Um, So I go out. I do this nine-day crash course. Um, I had only been to Arizona one time in my life for like a weekend and that was in Tucson. And then I did a, like a maybe 10 hour day trip for work. We flew in and flew out the same day, uh, went with Dutch Bros for an event we were going to throw out here. So all I knew was downtown Phoenix and the like private sector of the airport. That was it. (laughs) And like, I was like, cool, we're doing it. So I flew out. I'm trying to book a, 
hotel for two weeks, and I'm like, man, I can't afford this. Like, what am I doing? Long story short, uh, like, my uncle had recently remarried, and his new wife was like, hey, my mom lives out there. You can reach out to her. She'd love to have you stay with me. And I'm like, had you met her before? The mom or? Yeah. No, I had only met the new wife one time. Yeah. So, like, my new aunt, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> I'd only met her once. But she's like, you know, my mom, she's out there. She loves it. She's, she's like 89 years old, living in a 55 and over community in, in Awatuki. And so I'm like, I think I got to do it. So I reach out to her and she's like, oh, I'd love to have you. I got a car for you, everything. So I come out. She wines and dines me. We become like best friends. That's I'm so like hanging out with this like 90-year-old lady <laughs> every night, sending photos back to my wife. Like we're drinking Margs on the back porch with like all her like little friends. That's they do, so like, cool. So, um, I do this schooling nine days. It was brutal because I knew I had to pass this test before I go home. And everyone I'm talking to is like, oh, yeah, I'm like three times. Yeah, I've taken the test like three, four, five times. I'm hearing these crazy numbers of like ten times to pass. And I'm like, I don't have time for that. I, I have to pass this test. So I'm stressing. I'm going home every night just reading these like textbooks and um, note cards and all these things I'm making just so I, I'm like, this has to happen. I don't have another option. So um, fast forward, take the school test. I do nine days straight. On the 10th day, I did a, a like a 12-hour review class. And then on the 11th day, I took the school test, passed that, which you, we all, you know, you have to pass that to yeah, just take right. the, the actual test. Um, passed that first try. So I was like, all right, take a deep breath. I think I can do this. And... Uh, I have my flight booked home for the that was on a that was on a Saturday and then I have a, my flight booked for Monday afternoon and my test is Monday morning. So I'm like like if I don't pass I'm going home and I don't have <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like and so I uh take the test. You know, they're all weird about it. They like slide you this paper to like yeah. be like confidential. Yeah, I'm like, gonna, like try oh, yeah. to find it on the Yeah, I open I, I like I wait. I'm like in an envelope. <laughs> I walk out and I'm like yeah. I'm reading this paper, and I'm like, I legit didn't know if I passed or not, and I'm like reading, I'm like scanning it up and down. I should have just read it, you know, but I'm yeah. like, I just, I'm expecting like a big like passed or yeah. something. It's like red or green. Yeah, yeah, and so finally I figure out I pass. I'm freaking like, I can finally breathe, um, but little did I know that that was like going to be the easiest part of the journey yeah, right? because, you know, I fly home, and I have, you know, a couple last little things you have to do, you know, your contract class and things, but like essentially I'm, I'm now going to be a licensed agent and um, little did I know I wasn't going to make any money for the next like year. (laughs) So uh, we made the move out. I made the move out like four months later and I left my wife at this point. She's like nine months pregnant. We're due, she's due in August and I I, I move out in June and she stays back to to um, finish up work and do some, you know, final doctor's appointments. And we both quit our, we just both quit our careers. We have a very little savings. And um, I, f- I stay back with, with now who I call my grandma um, that let me stay with her during um, schooling. And while I'm there, I'm, like, looking at apartments. What can I afford? What can I afford? And I couldn't afford anything. <laughs> and, like, with no income coming in. And uh, she's like, hey, you know, I leave for the summer um, back to my house in Oregon. Why don't you guys just stay here as long as you need to? And I was like, uh, okay. Yeah, sure. So I call my wife. She's like, I'm thinking, you know, she's going to want a spot to, like, have, like, a little nursery to nest with the baby coming and yeah. all this stuff. And she's like, done. Two weeks, put in her notice. She's like, she didn't care anything yeah. to get out. Um, to you know, get her out here, which we obviously just wanted to be together, especially with her being pregnant, it was tough. You know, you're getting phone calls of how doctor's appointments go, and yeah, like I can only she's imagine. sick yeah. and all these. You know, so it's, it was it was tough on us for sure. But we come out, and it was like just a god blessing, dude. Like they just, you know, we had this house that we got to just live in for the next like four months with no. She didn't charge us anything. They didn't have to pay the power bill that we're running through the summer in in the middle of. July and August that was, you know, it was just crazy. So this lady, I literally had no idea who she was a month, two months prior is now letting us live in her house, rent free, utility free. And, uh, it was really what got us out 
to Arizona. Uh, and at that point, I had originally joined a, a little team with my home group. Um, I was driving Uber. I was working in a Dutch Bros stand. I had never worked in a stand before. I never made coffee. At the ground level. <laughs> never made coffee. <laughs> Straight to the roots of where it all began, though. And uh, I knew all the franchisees from my, my past job, so I called my boy Josh, and I was like, yo, I need to work in a stand. I need to make, I, I got to be able to pay my car bill. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was like, um, so he he got me dialed in, got me set up, and I was opening opening the stand at, like, 4 in the morning. I'd get there at 4.30, We'd be open by five, and I'd work till like eleven thirty, and then I'd go into my office and try and figure out how I was gonna find my first client till I don't know two thirty three, and then I'd hop in my car and drive Uber until I could buy us some dinner or something. Yeah, what did? How long was that process? Like, when did you get your first client? And, uh, yeah, what did that look like. So, I ended up clo- I closed one deal in August um, from. It was it. It all worked out because uh, basically the owner of my team was on vacation and he couldn't he couldn't um, help his client out and they called last minute from a, it was a lender referral. He's like, hey, can you take care of these? He's like, yeah, I got you, but he wasn't even in town. So he sent called me and was like, hey, I need you to find you know these guys a home. They were coming in from New Mexico that day, so I dropped everything, helped him find the spot, you know, split it fifty fifty or whatever. So I closed that one deal, but then I didn't close another deal for like seven months what were wow. you doing to find deals what was your were you, were you cold call so that initial yeah so i was um i was calling all uh the team i was on it was just you know a couple agents and and the owner of my buddy um that owned it and um he had a, a pretty big database of just that he had acquired over the years and so i was just like cold calling those on the pond and i was brutal at it i hated it it's like i i realized fast like cold calling was not going to be my my <laughs> one of my pillars you know like yeah. i was bad and i just i hated it every time i call that for that number and i hit send like i just get this knot in my stomach <laughs> oh, i don't want to do this you know so i was like how can i you know what what can i do that i enjoy yeah and so um i ended up staying with him for about two months august september october uh, three months and um, realized I needed, I needed something that was going to allow me to, um, that he, you know, he was awesome, but I didn't have the structure of like a team team where there was leads and systems and all this stuff. So that's when I decided I was going to join a new team. Yeah. So I, um, I knew I needed to find something else another, another team. Um, and I had been attending these, I was with my home group at the time. So I started attending these like masterminds, like brokerage wide masterminds. And that was the first time I, I realized there was, like, so much more to this industry than, like, I was just so naive to, like, oh, I'm just going to go. I'm going to just find clients on my own. And, like, where are they going to come from? Like, you were asking, like, what were you doing? Like, right. I wasn't really doing anything I should have been doing, you know. I'm, like, showing up to the office, like, chopping it up, chatting, you Playing know. But not, yeah, yeah, but, like, you know. What you do once you're actually you should be doing once you're successful and actually you know can do that. But I I wasn't really putting my head down and doing you know I felt like I was at the time I was in the thick of it. Baby's on the way. I'm scared. Like no income, and uh, so I I started um, going to these masterminds and I connected with Steve Valentine who was still with my home group at the time and um, he actually kind of sought after me after the after the mastermind. He came up to me and he was like, Hey man, like. I don't know who you are and I don't know why I'm doing this, but like, like based off the conversations we were having in the mastermind, he saw something in me and he came over and he was like, I just, wherever you're at right now, like you need to leave and you need to join a new team. And I was like, dang, like I knew it deep down, but I didn't want to admit it because I thought like, oh, I'm going to figure this out. Um, So that was, that was when reality hit. I went home that night and I sit or that like afternoon and I sit on the couch. It was like um, probably late September, early October now. And I got licensed in May or May is when I started. So, you know, it's been a few months. I closed that one deal. I haven't closed anything else. I'm watching at this point, late September, we moved into an apartment up in Scottsdale. So like now I actually have 
rent due and you know a little bit of that pressure yeah car payments are due every month and like you know dutch bros is covering basically um, enough money to to cover our two car payments and then i have a little chunk of change of savings for rent for the next however many months i had and um driving uber was gonna let me buy some groceries and things here and there so um so i go home and i was like what everything all right and i was like yeah yeah i'm fine she like turns her back and I just I just lost it. I broke down. I'd never had any emotion like that before. I'd never felt anything like that before. And she just like I don't think I don't think she knew what to do. She was like kind of give me a hug, like what's wrong? And I just absolutely like broke down. I had no idea what to do. I had this baby. I had no income. <laughs> I was like I got all these bills to pay and I have no lead anywhere in sight for you know a new a paycheck coming in so um steve ended up giving me his contact information and uh, i followed up with him and he connected me with um russ russell wolf over at the lawton team and he is he's my guy he he um he he called me one day and was like hey, I don't get a lot of um, people reaching out to me um, saying, like, you need to call this guy. But um, Steve Valentine called me and told me that I needed to call you. Um, and, you know, when when someone like Steve does that, like, I know I need to follow up. So he called me, we connected, and we just hit it off. He was amazing. He's such a good family man. Like, um like when it comes down to like real estate as a whole, he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was like my mentor, but like being in the thick of life that I was in with like a new baby and trying to just tread water and survive for that, that, you know, season that I was in, he was, he was, I mean, I mean, he, he's what did it for me. So uh, much love to Russell Wolf, but uh, yeah, I got connected with them. I, I decided to join the lot team and, um, I didn't have any lead source coming in still. They had Zillow. That was their, like, bread and butter as far as leads. Um, But at the time, they needed to show – they needed agents to show that they could Could convert convert before they were just going to throw you in. Um, It was before, like, everything – you know, before the pandemic hit where, you know, the market just went bonkers. So it was like, I'm over here trying to get, like, Zillow reviews for – that I had to show I had like X amount of Zillow reviews. Well, I didn't even have on, right? I didn't yeah. even have closing. So I'm like getting trying to get people that I've like kind of shown some homes to yeah, like, to like say that I did a good job or something. Yeah, and I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then I finally, you know, I started doing open houses, um, and that's where I um, I was like, okay, I like this. I can do open houses. Like I um, I enjoy people. I love talking and uh, you know just finding some sort of connection with a random person is you know. Is, is something that I find joy from. So I end up getting a client. They uh, they wouldn't share their information with me. They wouldn't sign in, all that. And I, oh, I, I'm always the type that's, like, pretty, like, chill about that. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, here's a clipboard, like, sign it, you know. So yeah. they didn't want to. It was cool, no worries, but we just had really good conversation. And before they left, they took my card. And they called me, like, a week later. And we ended, they ended up buying the house that I was holding open. Um, and so... That was like my next closing. I had like kind of in the, in the um, in sight. That was like October, November, December, January, probably February. Yeah, February is when I got my next closing. So from like May to February, I had the one in August, and then I finally got one more. Yeah. Um, and then I I had a like a, a sphere deal that kind of came through. Um, some friends that were um, becoming the operators at Dutch Bros down in Tucson. They're like, hey, do you know? anyone in Tucson that can, you know, help us? And I was like, I, I can do that. Yeah. So I'm driving two and a half hours to Tucson and paying um, to another agent within the brokerage to open doors for us because I didn't have, like, an e-key or anything. I wasn't part of the, yeah, you know, yeah. the MLS down there yet. So and little did I know I could just pay, like, 400 bucks and, like, be a part of the, the MLS out there. So <laughs> ended up doing that down the road. But So I started to get a couple closings. And um, then COVID hit. <laughs> I was like, dude, like, 
this is crazy. Like, this can't, like, be real. Like, How was that with, like, a newborn at home when, when COVID hit, man? I could only imagine, like, how scared you guys were. Oh, it was life, super like. scary. And um, I was still working for Dutch Bros at the time. Were you uh, working, too? And, like, were you worried about taking that back home with a new? Because my cousin had a, he just had a newborn, too. Yeah. Right around that time. And, dude, he they went full lockdown mode. Like, they yeah. didn't leave the house. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, it's, I mean... COVID hits, and it's like, there's this bug out there. Like, we don't know what's happening. People are dying. I'm working at Dutch Bros, and it's like, you know, however many hundreds of people are coming through in a line on, on any given day or any given um, shift. So um, I come home one day, and it's like, things are starting to get worse of, like, are, are we shutting down or whatnot? And then finally, like, everything gets shut down except for essential, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. And... I'm like, I, like, I now I had, like, two closings, and I was, like, just stacking the, like, six, to, they were both, like, sphere deals, technically, you know, so I had, like, you know, six to eight grand for each one coming in, so I'm like, okay, like, I can keep living this, this lifestyle of, like, nothing, but having the security of, like, you know, maybe 10, 12 grand in the bank, and uh, so my wife's like, yeah, we agree, it, was, it wasn't worth it at the time, we didn't know that, um, <laughs> you know, come to find out, it wasn't really as scary yeah, yeah. as it, know, it was. Yeah, but it was like, a heck of a lot going on. Yeah, earlier, early on though, no dude, one knew. It was no scary knew. though. So well, I got this. Shut new... everything off. I mean, it was scary. Yeah. You know, I got this newborn baby that I'm still trying to figure out how to like keep alive, and um, it just wasn't worth the five six hundred dollar paycheck in my book to to stay at Dutch. And they so gave us the sure, option. Yeah. They were awesome. They were like, "Hey, we know people are not." you know, unsure about what's going on. Like you can take a leave of absence, um, for the, you know, it was like, a take this leave of absence until we decide things are gonna, you know, till, you know, until we you either got to make a decision to come back or, or leave. And it just, we got to the point where they were like, after like a month, I think they were like, okay, like we want people to start coming back or, you know, step away. And at that point I was like, I had just gotten into flex um, Zillow Flex, which was going to provide me with, you know, some, some, hopefully some good leads to, um, to start closing deals. And I took the month of April off completely. Um, just because of COVID, we were scared. We didn't know yeah. what's going on. Yeah, everybody's hunkered down. Um, and then May 1st, I got into the Zillow program because I had closed those two deals and got some reviews. <laughs> and they're like, hey, we need, you know, we need some help. But, like, the market was still kind of weird at that point. Like, it hadn't really taken off for another, like, month or two when, you know. Um, and uh, quit Dutch. Was getting uh, getting our stimmies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't making any money. So, yeah. I, you know, I was able to get those checks. And, like, looking back, it was like, between that and you know those two closings, I, I was able to like really focus on real estate, which is what I wanted to be doing. I didn't want to be driving. You know, I quit driving Uber. I didn't want anyone in my car and things like that. So um, May first, I was I was on with Zillow Flex, and that's really the beginning of like what I would consider the start of my real estate journey. All that time leading up, you know, basically a year of nothing you know, just trying to survive. Um, and then that's when my, my real estate career took off. So, um, I ended up finishing 2020 with, I think 21 transactions. Wow. And I had closed two, um, up till May. Um, and then, yeah, basically I got in the flex and I started closing two to three a, a month just through that platform. Um, and, um, the checks weren't great because, you know, we're paying Zillow, then we're paying the well, team and then you're, yeah. <laughs> but for me, it was like, I didn't though. care yeah. what I was making. I mean, I, I wanted to make money, but like, I didn't, I wasn't worried about the split. Like, I know a lot of people are like, well, those are terrible splits. Like, yeah, they are. But I had nothing. So I was just stoked to have a client to show a house to. And it's consistent. To have a conversation. You know, you know they're coming in. Totally. And so I um, I think they still laugh over there at the Latin team. I, at one day, I answered nine calls. And they want you answering like two to four, but I didn't care. I was like, my phone rang. I <laughs> yeah. hit answer, and I ended up closing. I think like five deals between that that one day of not answering nine calls. And so I was like, I set this rule where I was like, you can't after like four, like you got to get permission from your team lead to like yeah, keep answering. No yeah, because like because it was all you know first come first service. It was like we're all sitting down around waiting for the phone to ring, and whoever hits that one first on the connection gets it. 
So. It's competitive too. For you guys that don't know, like that phone rings. But it you rings got, to the whole team or yeah. it's round robin. It, but there's guys that have on their their days that they're on for Zill, they have an auto answer on their phone. So if their phone rings, it automatically answers yeah. because it then goes to an operator that starts talking and it allows them to hit the one. So you even got a if, second. Yeah. So you have and yeah, it's like it answers, and even if you don't hit the one, then it just goes to the next person. Okay. But at least you have that first opportunity. Yeah, my boy was saying he was in the shower, and he's like, dude, I took a Zillow call in the shower the other day. I was like, bro, that's that's next yeah, level. Yeah, weird places, man. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Dude, and they're, I mean, they're very, like, they, they watch your metrics a lot. So it's yeah. like, how many calls are you answering? How many are you converting? Um, how well, What's your follow-up? I mean, it, it was like Zillow became my 9 to 5, like, day job almost and then trying to focus on sprinkling in other transactions outside of that do you think that structure helped you though because i know a lot of agents like i feel like the zillow structure of having that like lead come in the the you know the accountability of like hey how many calls did you take how many did you convert like that those metrics those kpis i think it's so important especially early on in your career to like set you up to succeed and then take that database and keep moving a thousand percent and for me, I, uh, I just, I needed, I needed the structure cause I thought I wanted to do it on my own, but I realized there was so much I didn't know. And so I'm over here paying, you know, these splits. I didn't care what my splits were. I just wanted to build this book of business up. And after a while it becomes like, I think Robbie was saying like repetitive, like it's just like that day-to-day, same thing over and over again, following up, taking those calls. And, and I knew that that's not what I wanted long-term, but I 1,000% recommend that for any new agent is yeah. to take on those leads, take those Zillow connections, mm-hmm. and, and pay those splits all day long and close as many as you can. We, I interview a lot of agents, and it's so crazy to see. Like That's the first question every single agent asks. What's the splits? Right. What's the and splits? It, that's true. And it's What's like, the splits? That's they, all they ask, but it's like they don't really see it from like, to me, when you said like just the wisdom you have, Dylan, of like knowing like who cares about the split? Like I, I kind of did a similar thing, but like just being able to say who cares about the split yeah. and focus on the learning part and learning how to really convert and, and, and qualify and all, you know, everything that comes with the lead and then being able to worry about the split, like yeah. more, like down the line. Totally. I, I'll, to this day, I'll pay any split if it makes sense. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I still pay splits, you know, on the new team I'm on. I don't care what the split is if the situation makes sense. So for my time with Zillow, that split made sense. Did I want to make more? Did I want to pay less? Absolutely. But there was no way I was going to be able to the, – the repetition of the, the conversations, the phone calls, the amount of conversations I had answering those Zillow calls would have taken me – 10 years of trying to find leads to just to be asked questions that you would have never thought of on your own to be like learning the business. There's so many things that I stumbled and, you know, like what's the tax rate out there? And I'm like, ah, like, uh, I'm, you know, like you don't, yeah. things you would have never thought about, you know, cause you got people calling from all over the country cause Zillow's the main platform. Yeah, it seasons you quick when you're going through it like Real that. Quick. And you were smart enough to know, like, hey, I shouldn't go try this. Maybe I should learn how it's done on the back end before I go out and do it myself. Yeah. Um, so how long did you do that for then before you were like, all right, I've got a good grasp on this. Like, maybe I should um, try to try to figure out my own splits and do my own thing. Yeah, so um, started that. You know, I, I got in in May of 2020, um, and I rode Zillow and the Lawton team all the way out until – um, August of 2022. So just, you know, like eight months ago, 10 months ago now. Um, and throughout that whole time period, um, I always kept my eyes open for opportunities, but I never wanted to make a like lateral jump. It always had to be something that was a different situation that was going to help me, um, grow in a different way. Um, a lot of, a lot of teams out there are doing the same thing, um, but you know, both, both you guys are on teams that provide very similar, um, opportunities with the Zillow flex leads and th- things like that. I didn't want to just be like, oh, I'm going to leave Lawton and go over to this team 
just because I wanted a new set of face, you know, new faces or whatever. Like, hundred yeah. percent, it had to make sense um, for what my what my goals were becoming. And I realized I really wanted to, you know, get into that luxury space. I closed one one big deal, and I saw that paycheck come in. And I was like, <laughs> it's Dang. a bit different. Yeah. Oh, it's a similar I, amount of work too. Yeah. Very similar, very similar. Um, but it it takes a certain personality, I think, and it takes a certain person. And um, I I don't like really talk about myself a lot but I think something that I'm I'm good at that um took a long time for me to recognize and it, it honestly it took my wife like showing me and telling me is like I have a unique you know personality that I can connect and and relate with a lot of people um and I think I think in the luxury space it's not just a matter of like opening a door and being like, hey, yeah, do you like it? Cool, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. Do you want to buy a house? You know, like it's a, you know, there, there's definitely people like that in the luxury space, whatever. Um, but as a whole, I think it takes a certain type of person. It's very connections-based. Yeah. And I, I found, I'm sure you probably found a similar thing. When you're working with the luxury clients with the drive and the type of person you are, it's easier for you to have a connection because they have similar goals. They have similar totally. interests. They went through what you went through to grind and get to where they're at. Yep. So you can have an easier conversation with that person than you would with a, with a mobile home client. You know, totally. Maybe they're good people, but the goals aren't as big as yours. So you're, yeah. you're connecting with them on a different level. Yeah. And, and that's exactly where um, not only the people that you're working with, but the, uh, that are working, you know, that you're helping, um, buy homes with, but finding a brokerage or a team that was also going to do that for me, you know, being around, you know, just the people that you want to aspire to be. And, and so I'm, you know, and I know we all talk about, it. it's like, you know, the people you're around or who you become and all that, but it, I mean, it's true, man. It's it, true. It's as cliche true. as it sounds, yeah. it's so true. It's so true. And and I love, I still have a ton of friends at the Latin team. I still stay in touch with them. I, I'll pop into the office every so often. They're like, well, are you coming back? I'm like, no, <laughs> no chance. Like, I, like just because I'm a people person, I yeah. like I can't help myself. I'm like, just, I have to uh, be how, around How did people. that go? How did that departure go? Like, making walk us through that transition. Yeah, now so. You're, you're now with, is it Forbes uh, Global Partners and Retsy? Yeah, so Retsy's the brokerage, and we, we're partnered with Forbes Global Properties. So, um, uh, luxury boutique brokerage out of Scottsdale PV. And um, there was a team that I had been following, um, spouses that sell houses, um, Smith, Alex and Leslie Smith. So, they... Um, they were with North & Co. at the time, and I had known someone that was doing videography work for them, and um, his wife was doing all their social media, and we both used to all be at my home group together. That's where we met. And uh, so I had hit him up because, like I was saying, I, I was always trying to keep an eye out for, like, who's doing what in the industry and trying to – I mean, I was not from – Arizona so I didn't know a lot of people so I had to do a lot of work to like try and figure out who were the heavy hitters like yeah. what were the teams that were you know so um I hit him up and I was like yo like what do you think of North and Co and um he had you know nothing but great things to say about it and I had had my eye on it for quite a while well I'd say Jul yeah, July of last year I I had hit him up again and I was like yo what's what's the deal what are you guys doing over there I, I'm, I'm seeing these projects that that the um Smith team was doing and um, following their their social media and they do you know doing some cool stuff and he was like honestly man like um you you should meet with alex we're looking to uh, maybe bring on an agent and um so he connected us um in july and we went and grabbed coffee and um it was just super casual like you know like what are you guys looking to do as a team he wanted to know what I was looking to do and, you know, know a little bit more about me. But they weren't looking – like, a lot of these teams will just – they want numbers, so they'll take on anyone. Um, but they weren't looking for that. They they wanted – like, I was going to be their like their sole agent as far as, like, you know, actually doing production. So um, everyone that was working on the team were licensed, but more like, in, you know, helping in different avenues. Um, so they uh, – we connected in July. I went on a – trip that summer to Hawaii and like the, the whole time I was there like it was like all I was thinking about was like man I those like I want to I, I want to join that team but like what were they going to be able to provide me because I knew I still needed some sort of lead source and at the time they didn't really they couldn't really guarantee me anything um they were like you know I promise if you come like you're gonna 
be around top agents and you're going to, you know, be able to to elevate your game and all this stuff. And like, while it all sounds good, I was just nervous. I, now I'm, now I'm at two kids. Um, and I think we might've just found out we were expecting to. Yeah. Yeah. We just Third found one's out. On the way. Third yeah. one's on the way. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I can't, I can't do what I did before, like quitting my career and starting completely over again. Like while it wasn't going to be that, cause I had some momentum and some past clients and, um, I, uh, I was just very thorough. Like all my other moves were like, like just like irrational, just like whatever I had to do to survive. And now I was like, okay, like I'm not making a ton of money, but like I got enough and you know, that I can, I, I need to make the right move. And there's people out there listening to the podcast possibly that are like in a position like that, where it's like you have some momentum going, business is going well, you might have some more money in the bank. And it's like, you're kind of just searching for that next level. Yeah. And it's like, you, you have that uncertainty around like, what is that next goal? Right? Like, totally. where is that next move? Making yeah, sure I, you're not moving laterally. Like totally. hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, August comes, uh, July we meet August comes around. I meet with him again. I'm like, dude, I gotta meet this guy. I gotta meet this guy again. We get, we go to the same spot, grab coffee at this time. They had just left North and co and started at Retsy. And, um, for them, it was just a move that they needed to make for um, elevating, you know, what their personal goals were. Um, and they had just started working with, yeah, so um, met with Alex and uh, was knew, knew I needed to make this transition, uh, but wasn't 100% sure how I was going to make this move uh, just because I knew I needed uh, some sort of leads coming in. The market had just finally started the shift after like two years of just – absolute chaos and anyone and everyone was buying a house like all of a sudden it was like leads were starting to slow up and uh what's the market gonna do is the world gonna crash like you know it's like <laughs> things were just going crazy so um i had two deals coming in that like my client was like i i had been showing them homes and i was like okay if, if i think they're gonna make a move like like then I, I need to make this move and like stop. I didn't have anything on in escrow. So I knew I didn't want to like start another one and then have to wait the 30 day, you know, whatever. Yeah, right. So, um, my client, they, uh, they were past clients. I'd bought them a few different homes at this point and, uh, I knew they were serious. So they're like, yeah, we're gonna, we're ready to commit to this house. And it was like, in the morning, they wanted to write the offer later, and I called my wife, and I was like, babe, I'm making the move. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> She's like, like you, we, we didn't talk about yeah. this. I was like, well, let's talk about it right now. And so I you know, was explaining to her you know, that that I felt like this was going to be the right move. She's like, cool, so what are they doing? You know, where are, they, are you getting leads from this new team? And I was like, no, but, like, I think there's a chance I can be – like, they said that I can be their co-list agent when they start to get some, some listings and – um, you know, but there was nothing guaranteed. Like, it wasn't like you are our co-list agent. It was like, you know, from time to time, we might throw you on a listing or two. And, uh, I was like, you know, just trusting Alex when, when we met both times, he was like, I promise you, if you come in and you do the work and you surround yourself with these top agents, um, like I won't let you fail. Basically he like was like, I'm not going to let you do that. It's like, all right, like, I, I just, like, it was, like, one of those God things where it was, like, I, as much as I wanted more clarity, I didn't have it, but I knew I needed to make this move. You had the faith in that, yeah. I knew I needed to make the move, and I had spent, like, a couple years trying to find that that move, and I had interviewed with tons of different brokerages and agents and, like, just, like, on the side, like, kept it to, to myself, you know, as far as, like, you know, not not showcasing that to, to my co-agents and stuff. Cause I didn't want it to look like I didn't want to leave Lawton unless it was the right thing. Like I, I genuinely enjoyed the people that were there. Um, George himself, I had a, you know, a good relationship with, which is tough when there's 250 agents on the team. He doesn't, he can't know everyone. And, you know, but I had um, just, I just had a weird few different situations there that um, I knew it was time. And uh, so I, Called my wife, told her I was making that move, and she was like, "I think she was kind of like, you're dumb, but like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna trust you because you've made it work so far." And 
Um, we never had that conversation. <laughs> like that, she felt that way, but I, that was just kind of like maybe the the sense, the feeling I was sensing. And so, um, at that point, I was like, "All right, I'm making this move. I know I got to write this contract later." So I call my team lead, and I was like, "Hey, um, I'm I'm gonna make the move, and I, I I'm, you know I got an opportunity to join this other team, and um, it's just it's what I'm doing." Yeah. And she was, you know, she was caught off guard for sure. Um, but I had been through, I think, five team leads in two and a half years at Lawton. Like, it was kind of just a <laughs> It was just, like, the next person, the next person, the next person. And it was never – I was never um, – I, I enjoyed everyone. I just – it wasn't for me anymore. And that was totally fine, you know. Like, I would recommend anyone getting into the industry to do the same path that I took as far as getting in there and getting those Zilla leads, whether it's Lawton or – I think I've referred more people to Latin since I've left than when I was there, honestly. Like, I think it's super important to be um, around a structured team that can provide resources, uh, leads, and systems. Um, and so at that point, I um, I hadn't even told Alex I was joining. <laughs> um, he was like, Whoops. yeah, so I was like, I was meeting him later to go view a couple properties they were in the middle of building, too. And so... Um, call, let Lot know I'm leaving. Um, call Alex. Hey, I'll meet you at this property. We're gonna walk to. Um, they they do a lot of uh, like resident or like uh, I wouldn't call them flips because they're full renovations, like million dollar homes turned into four million dollar homes type deal. So um, added square footage and you know just everything's done proper, not just like a fix and flip type. Stick you flip. know, exactly. So. Um, I meet him up at one of the properties, and we're chatting. And I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm joining you. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> so um, decided to make the move, left Lawton, write the contract, get it under contract. I'm like, thank the Lord. Uh, I That was my only deal I had, you know, secured at that point. Um, and then I had another client reach out. They were writing an offer. I'm ready to write an offer, so I was like, cool, I got these two deals. I had a little chunk of change um, from some good closings I had leading up to um, where I was at, so I knew I had, like, I had, like, five months if I was, like, very tight with my budget that we were going to be fine Um, with, if I didn't close anything, you know? So I'm like, I'm not going five months without a deal, but, like, the market's shifting, so I'm like, I might go a few months. And actually, I think it was closer to like seven or eight months, honestly. Um, and so um, I used a solid, I closed the one deal. We're, the day before closing on my second deal that um, I thought I had, my client calls me and says he's backing out. The, he's like, things are getting weird in the world. And like, I just, I, I can't do it. He, he gave up his earnest. He backed out last minute. Clients, like the sellers try to like sue him. And he's like, I whatever like I, yeah. I gave you my earnest money like so now I thought I had two I just had the one but the one was the bigger one so that, you know that was the one that was really going to pay me good so um I then went sep- so September October I went uh November December January now at, at my new team and brokerage uh with nothing and no <laughs> nothing in sight either like I knew I had stuff coming but it was like nothing was ready to uh, you know to snap and like actually ride on or anything so um now I'm starting to second guess my decision did I make the right move I saw people leave Lawton and join Lawton in that time period like they left and came back you <laughs> yeah, know God. and I'm like I no no matter what I do I can't I can't do that like I know I gotta just stick to it stick to it um and in that time period um I was able to get on a listing and that was like it was a smaller one but it was like something and alex kept telling me he's like dude just stick to your daily activities hold open houses and like things are going to start falling into place and um january i had my biggest year biggest month ever um so like it it came pretty quick or sorry february january got everything under contract february i had my biggest month ever so i went uh, November, December, January without closing anything. And then the next month I have, you know, I make more money in one month than some people make in a year. So it's like, <laughs> that's the crazy part about this industry is like, you never know when it's going to happen. But like, as long as like you stick to the grind and you, and you do those daily activities, um, I, I, I personally don't think that you'll ever fail. 
Yeah. If if you don't do them properly and you kind of, you know, BS your way through it and you just act like you're doing these daily activities, but you're just being a realtor and chopping it up, then yeah, absolutely. If you fail, you're, you're lying to yourself about something. Totally. You're not tracking your metrics. You're, totally. you're playing realtor, you know? Yep. So, um, from when I joined the team to, to now, um, there was a lot of things that had shifted within the team. Um, and Alex had started to get uh, super heavy into his development business that he has. So he's got four multifamily unit, um, like 12 to 15 unit projects in the works right now and in all different phases. So like some are like still in development. Some are, you know, they're closing the last couple units. So across the board, he's swamped with, you know, all these, you know, multifamilies. On top of that, we do about four of these luxury flips or, you know, renovations a year as well. Um, so he's doing, he's dealing with all that comes with those projects alone, his development, and just doesn't have the time to uh, be fully present on these listings that we're getting, um, which he had built these relationships over the years with, with some luxury builders. So we we're basically listing like 80, 90% of um, a couple different builders homes that, that they're um, giving us basically You're not giving us, you know, it's our, yeah, they build them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're listing them for them. So now I've fallen in where I become the co-list agent on all of those properties. Um, so super unique uh, position to fall into uh, exactly what I was hoping for and looking, you know, wanting, but there was no, there was no guarantee that that was going to happen. Um, but with, you know, the way Alex's business, the development side has taken off, um, and his wife, um, and I co-list most of the properties. Um, Alex will be on some of them with me. Um, it's days, day and night from, you know, what I was doing before, you know, just answering these phone calls, trying to meet someone at a house to like, now I'm meeting people at these luxury properties with their, you know, they're showing up with their agents and I'm giving them a tour of this, you know, property. Would you say it's like kind of on the like two kind of opposite sides of the spectrum? Like totally. Like one is like the higher higher volume, and then one is like more on the luxury. Yeah. So transactions. Totally different space, and like it took me a long time in the industry to realize like there, like there is no one right way to do it. But also like we all have our own pillars of what we're good at. And like, that's where we're getting our lead sources from. And in my head, it was like, yeah, but everyone has their own, but we're all trying to do the most deals. And while like, of course we all want more deals. Um, it's not always the case. Cause like when I met with Alex at the beginning of the year for my goals, I told him how many homes I wanted to close. And he was like, no, I think you should take like five to 10 homes off that list, but add, the volume the, yeah add like 10 10 million on yeah. to how you know the volume of what you want to well, close would you say that that kind of balances into like quality of life because that's one thing personally like i've been looking at a lot is because i fell in the trap of like deal 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 and that equates the commission and you know we can get into like you know volume versus yeah. you know the the transaction number but like also i've been looking at like what does that quality of life look like totally right? like, so that I think that if you want to speak on that for a moment, because I know on the luxury side it seems like I'm curious to see how that looks. Yeah. More on the luxury. Well, side. I I mean that day to day grind of you know transaction after transaction is brutal, and when you're hungry and you don't have any business, like you're gonna answer your phone at any time of the day, you're gonna respond to texts at any time of the night, and when you're married and you have a kid and two kids and now three kids, like that's brutal on a relationship, but like. My wife and I went into it knowing, like, okay, that it's going to take this to, to, like, get to where we want to be. But there was definitely times where my wife's like, what are you doing? Like, we're in the middle of doing something, and I'm, like, all of a sudden I'm gone in another room, locking the door so the kids don't run in, and I'm, like, <laughs> taking these calls, and, hey, I got to leave. Someone wants to see a house at 7 o'clock tonight. And she's like, wait, we had plans to go to dinner. And I'm like, yeah, but how are we going to buy the dinner if I don't sell this house? And, like, yeah. my mindset was just so wrong uh, for so long. And I don't think it was wrong. I think it was, I was, I was in, I was scared that like, if I didn't answer this call, if I didn't answer this text, like these clients were going to leave me and they were going to go find someone else and I'll never have a deal. And so I have to answer them immediately and come to find out like, as I, you know, keep 
meeting these clients and, uh, you know, becoming, uh, you know, closer to these clients and, and they're becoming, you know, actual relationships. It's like they're texting me like, hey, don't respond now. But like they, they actually value your time and, and respect your time and your family. And they, once they know a little bit about you, um, they it's like we forget they're like our clients are human beings. With totally. As well. Like they have a job. Right. And they don't get interrupted. At yeah. When they go home to dinner, yeah. they're not getting it's called like, by their boss. I know. I So me and my fiance, Katrina, like we both being agents now, it's like we've struggled with that at, at times where it's like, especially with both of us, it's tough. Right. It's like you don't want to bring that home. And so we've had these boundaries put in place. But that was one thing we talked about on our walk was like. These people have lives, right? Our clients have lives. And it's like sometimes as agents, as professionals, we forget. Like like you said, you you feel like you're not going to get the, the client, right, if you don't respond right away. I think yeah. that's the difference, too, though, between, like, taking a Zillow lead where you're, like, through this platform and the phone rings to you and you're – to them, you're a Zillow employee. That's all they think. Getting out and making a real connection with these yeah. people and trying to educate them. Like right. I, that Alex person that connected you to me uh, is it's a robot. Is yeah. a robot actually, <laughs> yeah. and and I don't work for Zillow. I work with Zillow, um, but like we're two different, co- you know. And yeah. so it's like once they you know start to edu- you know realize that, um, but but it's hard to bridge that gap. I think it, you know it is. It's tif- it's difficult because. I can't tell you how many of those flex calls I've gotten where it's like they have no intentions of actually buying the home, but it's like per your team, per Zillow, it's like you got to go show them it. And it's like I'm in, you know, Mesa and I'm driving to the West Side. Yeah, and like, it's, yeah. like, it's just crazy. But that's part of the that's part of the, the the struggle. Right. Yeah. I think it ultimately shows, though, what agents are here to be around long term. Yeah. And what agents aren't. A, because a lot of those agents can't get through that. Right? I, I had a ton of agents that would be like. Hey, do you want do you want this lead? Like, I don't want to drive out there and show that house. And I'm like, Yeah, I want that. Like, no, I don't want to leave my family, and no, I don't want to go on a Sunday afternoon to do this. But like, like, I'm probably only going to make three or four grand if I clo- if I close this deal. But who are they going to introduce me to? And how am I going to resell their house when they're ready to move in a couple years? And um, is it going to give me enough money to be able to go do something cool with my family down the road, whatever? And, like, I, I hate the, like, mindset of, like, oh, I'm going to grind now um, so that, like, in five, ten years, like, I'm there for my kids. Like, I think it's important to be there at all times. But finding that balance of, like, yeah, like, I still got to put in the work. I still got to do the time. But I think as realtors, we also think we're, we're working all the time. When like if you actually broke down the metrics of how much work we're doing some days, like it's a few hours a day, a couple hours a day. Like we just happen to do it seven days a week, and that's where it's like trying to find that balance of family versus uh, grinding. Well, one thing that jumped out to me too is like you early like recognized and early on in your career realized like cold calling isn't for me, right? Like, yeah. Open houses is my pillar. So it's it's good to understand like where you fit in on that spectrum yeah. because like I can't tell you how many people I feel like they try to force something that they're not right like I'm not the open house guy not yeah. that I don't like the connection I love it I I enjoy open houses I just feel like a, like effective wise like I'm I'm more effective on the phone totally and I'm better in the, in an office so it's like yeah. I just leaned into that pillar right yeah where some people will lean into open houses but whatever pillar that is for you like if you're watching and you are open houses or some like a social media now is a huge pillar for some people's business and i personally post on social have i gotten any business no (laughs) so i don't i don't consider it a pillar necessarily um i think of it more of a brand thing for myself and the team however i think long term though like you were saying it really comes down to finding a balance. And for the longest time, I never believed in balance. I never thought there was, I studied successful people. And I, every time I asked them like, Hey, were you, was it balanced when you came up? Right. Or when you kind of made this transition and a lot of them would say, no, like there was phases and you know, it wasn't this harmonic balance all the way through. So I guess in my opinion, it's more of like a pendulum and and might've like been something that maybe you were doing like where when you were at family, it's just making sure you're with family. I know yeah. me and Robbie have spoke about this, like turning off the phone, not being worried about the client leaving you. And then when you're at work, just, you know, like focus you said, yeah, yeah, focus giving at work. Giving that full attention to yeah. the client when they deserve it, giving the full attention to your Yeah, And I'm business. still bad at it. I'm still yeah. bad at it. It's hard. great at it. Yeah. Like, 
even when I'm not like working, I, I still end up getting sucked into my phone on social media, and I'm like, my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, it's just like, Rolling. I don't know. Okay, like, what, like yeah. yeah, like. The other day you told me you're like, you're trying to find your Instagram. You're like, I hit it. <laughs> and you're you like. You oh, yeah, I hide it. my, I, I move my, uh, the icon <laughs> around. So, like, because I'll just, like, open my phone, and, like, I'm going to, like, respond to an email, and I'm just, all of a sudden I'm scrolling. <laughs> it's open, yeah. <laughs> like, dude, dude, like, it's how, so, sometimes happen? I'll remove it completely, like, yeah. not because I'm like, oh, I'm going on, like, a social detox or anything i'm just like if i can't find it then i actually do what i'm trying to do you know i was like for sure find myself like typing in instagram.com yeah i know like it's like (laughs) it's like if i had to think about it then it's like okay i'm gonna slow it down a bit so no that's cool and i i think um i mean we really appreciate you coming on and i I mean i've learned a ton and hopefully you know i'm sure our audience has and i think you've connected and definitely i think uh just you know hearing your backstory on Kind of your family and your your kids. I mean, I'd love to go out and have dinner one of these nights. Yeah, be awesome, out, man. Yeah, yeah. This has so, been great, man. Appreciate yeah. you coming. I'm glad yeah. to finally meet you. I'd heard of you before with at the Young Guns a couple. Yeah, of years yeah. Ago, so so cool, cool to come full circle, man. Yeah, yeah appreciate sure. you coming on. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to Young Money Mindset. We appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Dylan's been an awesome guest to have on the podcast. Super grateful that we could have him on today. And if you guys have any questions, all of his info will be linked down below. Feel free to hit Dylan up. I'm sure he'd be happy to, yeah. you know, share I, his story and provide more value to absolutely. you guys. So thank you again for being on, and we thank appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate awesome. you. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Cool. See you in the next one.